kind of feel like I'm at like a sleepover right yeah. now because we're just like sitting on the floor. Yeah, and, and we got we got Booty Boy Abbott over here. He oh. likes it when we're at like eye level for him, so that means we sit on the on the floor and he's on the couch. <laughs> this is super weird. Oh my god. Um, so what I'm gonna tell you earlier is that there's this like um this thing going on right now with Wait, should we like introduce it? No, this is important. I gotta say it first. Okay. So the dairy industry is like getting really mad about how, you know, there's all these like milk alternatives and they're like, hey, we should like really control what we're what they're like allowed to call milk. So they're trying to call like almond milk nut juice. <laughs> I just wanted to share that. I'm Maddie. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> And this is a podcast about things that scare you, like nut juice, I guess. Nut juice. Um, yeah, we've been gone for a while. Yeah. We didn't hate each other. We're just really busy. Yeah. Um, and scared. Of school. Yeah. And graduating and... Uh. Yeah, but you know what? We know you guys have been, like, faithfully waiting for something to drop. Um, and here it is. Wait no longer. We're yeah. We're fucking here. We're beyonce this release. <laughs> we're like, are we going to, like, promote it? No. Oh, but you know what's weird? And, like, so Sarah and I have, like, talked about this before, but we've been, like, getting a lot of, like, really random, like, likes on the Facebook page from accounts that definitely, like, don't seem real. We got, like, (laughs) 200 likes in the past two weeks, so. Yeah. That's cool, even though it's fake. Yeah. Boosts my ego. I was, like, wow, look at... (sighs) I don't know. I was just like, there's, like, no way this is real, but it was also, like, really funny. Yeah, was like, it was, like, I kept getting updates on the page, and I was like, what? Um, I haven't touched that in months. Yeah, I forgot the password to, like, everything, so I'm glad, like, you know it. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just connected to my Facebook account. That's good. Yeah. Because, honestly, like, yeah, just so you guys know, like, if you do email us, I'm never gonna read it unless, like, Sarah I, tells me about yeah, it. I got in, um... Wait, let me let me check, because I asked somebody to sponsor us, and I'm not going to say their name if they don't sponsor us, so... I thought you were kidding. Oh my god, did no, you... No, I emailed them, because I'm like, we're very broke, and we need money. There's, like, a certain shoe company I really want to sponsor us, because they, like, advertise a lot on podcasts, and I actually have a pair, and I love them, but, like, you know what? I'm not going to say the name unless you... Give us money? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that out. Don't worry. <laughs> We're also starting recording like 30 minutes late because I didn't have the software installed, and I was oh, I should definitely. I just got a security alert. It was me. <laughs> I got a security alert about signing in on like this account, so that doesn't really make any sense because I could just I guess I could just go on if I was like a hacker man and. Oh my Sorry. god! No answer. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's up, babe? Um, I'm recording something right now. You're a guest star now. Hi. What? Yeah, that's Maddie. Hi. What are you talking about? Hi. What, you think we're lying? You think we're fucking lying, Yanni? What? I'm so confused. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you are. Okay. I just hung up on him. Yeah. No respect. Yeah, the last podcast episode we recorded, uh, that was, like, right after my first date with Yanni. Are you serious? now we're in, like, a full-blown committed relationship. I love that. It shows you the progress that it's been. I'm like, wow, it's been, like, a full relationship. 
Yeah, and you guys have been together for like a hot minute. Yeah, since January. Wow. Our last episode. <laughs> so I was like, our last episode, January. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, because it's like, it's almost spooky season. I'm starting a spooky book club. Would you like to be in it? Yes. I want to read uh, Stephen King's new book, The Institute. Ooh, dude, you know I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Yeah, he. I didn't realize like how many like movies that he like wrote the book for oh yeah no a ton see he's like one of the most like out (laughs) my god i've been sniffing my face even outside of like the horror genre like he's one of the most prolific writers in terms of like novels and short stories which is like incredible also he has a corgi her name is molly but he calls the thing of evil evil. yeah hi stephen king sponsor us he posted Um, a picture wearing like a shirt with her face all over it and he's like she made me wear this I was like, it's a dog. He's so funny. (laughs) He's like an incredible writer, but also a gym, like for sure. Yeah, definite gym. Oh my God. Do you know, you know that Facebook group, um, please show gym. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I added my mom to it and she was like, oh my God, like old people are so dumb. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 I was like, I love you, mom. So she'll like, she'll like text me about it and she'll like send me things that she like found in the group. And because she'll ask me, she was like, Maddie, am I a gym? And I'm like, no, you're not a gym. Or if you are, you're like a self-aware gym. Which is like actually pretty technologically advanced. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I added my mom to dog spotting. Oh my god. Dog spotting is so pure. Yeah, I just tag her and stuff. And I'm like, look at this. She's like, thanks for tagging. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes she just like posts random pictures of me that like I sent her months ago. And she's like, love my daughter. And I'm like thanks dude okay so like my mom and i actually talk about this like a good bit my mom like never really like posts anything like about me or otherwise and i'm actually like pretty grateful for it because she'll be like one time she was like maddie do you want me to like give you more recognition and i was like you're you're my mom like i was like i it's fine and she was like okay just checking so i like put up this thing where i was like it's 11 p.m on national daughter's day and haven't heard anything from lisa shelton so i guess i'm accepting new application or applications for a new mom and my aunt was like it's like my great aunt really but she was like maddie i know your mother and she loves you very much and i was like (laughs) facebook is like dying though which is crazy yeah but like i don't know i don't i barely use instagram or like anything i need to i don't know i need to get with the times i guess see i'm going through something of a um crisis Because I'm, like, a cusp between, like, millennial and Gen Z, like, as far as my interests. Because, like, one weekend I'll be like, oh, I just want to cry over avocado toast with my girls. And then the next I'm like, let's make TikToks in the parking lot about depression. Um, you know, if anybody's really wondering what, like, the greatest source of animosity between me and Sarah is... It's definitely TikTok videos. I send so many She TikToks. sends so many to me. And, like, this is, like, Vine's, like, younger, irrelevant cousin or something. Like, I'm I'm a Vine purist. And I don't know. Maybe I'll get there. because like that just shows that you're a millennial. I know. But, like, I don't know, man. Gen Z's doing some cool shit. I want to yeah. I wanna, wanna be with you guys. But really, like, and I hate it. When I, like, laugh at one of the TikToks you send me, I die inside because I'm like, I should not give this my approval. But it's, like... I mean, I definitely feel kind of awkward when I'm going through, like, the For You, like, Discover page, and then I, like, <laughs> They're all, like, a, 14. <laughs> see, like, a TikTok of, like, this, like, 14-year-old boy that's, like, ladies, if you like guys with brown oh hair, brown eyes, and 
play baseball. That's me. And I'm like, what are those guys called again? There's like a name for it. Uh, no, 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 not e-boys. E-boys? E-boys wear like chains and act like they're like crazy, except they're like 14 to 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, just do your homework, Jonathan. No, the names are definitely, like, Xavier or something. Xavier. Dude, I can't wait until, like, a few years from now when, like, all these poor-ass kids are going to be called, like, Danny and Daenerys. Mm. They were all named before the final season. You've seen it, right? Yes. Oh, spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> um, uh, this isn't a Game of Thrones podcast. Um, but spoiler alerts for like anything, honestly. Like, yeah. Like everything. Nothing is sacred. Nothing sacred. We're gonna spoil everything. Yeah. Breaking the dog, Bad. The dog does die. He dies. Walter. Walter. Dead. Yeah, he he's dead. Yeah. I didn't finish that show. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> I didn't plan on finishing it though. <laughs> it's fine. I knew he died. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I sort of, okay, one more thing. My mom's getting a lot. I love my mother. Um, I, she does this thing. I, I don't know if I've told you about, oh, no. Have your groceries. What? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> don't say that name out loud. They haven't sponsored us yet. Okay, okay, okay. Wait a minute. So, <laughs> So I used to have this um, uh, company redacted uh, subscription and I thought I canceled it, but I just got a text from my boyfriend that was like, I have your company redacted groceries. <laughs> so I guess they're haunting me. Ugh. Okay. I just think it's funny how they haven't responded. Honestly, well, th that would have been a really great opportunity. I know. But you know what? It was candid, and now it's gone. Yeah. That's it. You lost The us. moment is lost. You lost us, company redacted. Oh my god, why is there so much weird noise in the background? I don't know, somebody's <gasps> doing something interesting. I, oh, I hate living in an apartment. Um, anyway, sorry, that was random. But um, my mom, um, she does this thing with shows where... Uh, so this is, like, really genuinely... Like, we've gotten into horrible fights about this. She spoils everything and it, it's gotten to the point like I, it's almost comical like i almost think she's doing it on purpose she'll genuinely be like we'll be like watching a show and she'll be like did you get to the part where blank happened and i'm like mom you can't you can't do that like you can't because yeah. if i haven't and she was like oh no i didn't mean to like i didn't mean to spoil it and she's done it with um game of thrones breaking bad mm -hmm. uh, what was the other show she did it with uh, Mad Men. She literally was like, did you get to the part where, and then said something that happened in the last episode. It's like legitimately a source of contention. Like I won't discuss shows with her. And she gets so mad at me. And I'm like, no, like we just have to like a zero tolerance policy. We're not going to discuss TV shows. Because I just, I get so mad. And she's like, it's not even that big of a spoiler. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. You definitely saw it coming. Don't worry. I was so I'm like, did you get to like where so and so died? And I'm like, that's like, <laughs> that's like, like so obviously a spoiler. Well, that's the thing. She's like, it's not even that big of a spoiler. You like, you see it coming. I just, I can't. It's so funny and, ugh. that's that's rough. <laughs> it's really like she's she's gonna listen to this and probably get mad at me for like. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Um, it happens to the best of us. It's it's fine. It really is. <clears throat> oh, I'm bitch. I'm bitch is sleepy. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's because I'm playing with his oh, foot. I thought he was Abbott? mad at me. No, it's me. <laughs> that um, was Abbott, everyone. My cantankerous mutt. He's a DNA short tested. lab. He just took a DNA test. Turns out he's... Wait, did you actually... Yes. You... I... I got an ad for a dog DNA test, and I said, what kind of idiot would pay that amount of money to find out if their schnauzer is, like, pure breed or whatever? It's an embarrassing amount of money, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I, a little bit. I'm embarrassed, like, for you. Um, I'm embarrassed to know you. <laughs> well, do you want to know what Abbott is? What is he? Well, I'm not going to tell you, because you're a bitch to no, me. No, I want to know. know. <laughs> <laughs> He's... 50% lamb. Yes. One, like, a little bit more than, like, one-eighth beagle. Um, yeah, he's a lab beagle mix. And then he's, like, Sharpay. Not Sharpay. Uh, Chow Chow and Border Collie. And then, like, random breed groups. Like, he's Hi. sniffing you. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's a fucking a weirdo. He, oh, he... he's a hell of what? Oh, my God. He's, like, sniffing my ear. <laughs> his hair. <laughs> Your hair was, like, on his nose. And he was, like. He's, like, none of that. Um, but yeah, we got him DNA tested. It was fun. 10 and 10 would recommend if you... Did you, like, buy the kit and, like, yeah. swab his mouth? I did. He got really mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to, like, roll, like, a swab between his, like, his, like, like gums and cheek. And I was, like, holding his mouth and he was, like... <sighs> I know, because I've had, like, my DNA tested. Because did I wanted to Did you do 23andMe? Know... No, I did it in Ancestry. And I wish I did 23andMe because I want to know, like, how, like on par with the rest of humanity I am. I'm you not know? selling the government my DNA. They already have it. <laughs> they they definitely already have your DNA. No, I know. Um, but I don't really care. I just wanna know. I already found out what kind of white person I am. So shall we begin? Yes. I was okay. waiting for you to say that but then you took a sip of coffee. Yeah. So. I wanted some coffee before I did this story. Coffee. Because it's gonna be rough guys. We're gonna get through it. It's gonna be rough. Sarah, before when we were like both doing our research, she was like, um, she was like, Maddie, can I go first? Because mine's like a lot, and I was like, thankfully, like, mine's really not, so yeah. it like worked out. So I'm gonna anchor. Don't worry. Um, so don't get scared. Uh, I mean, get scared, but like, don't worry. Not scared enough to like turn it off. Like, why it's would gonna you do be that? okay. It's gonna be okay, guys. We're gonna get through it. So like. I also meant to look up a bunch of pronunciations, but I didn't. Um, so we're going to get through this together. Um, but anyway, so this episode is uh, hashtag dark, hashtag um, Nazi shit. Um, I was, Are you like doing the Holocaust? In a way. Jesus. Um, no, doing... I'm doing Joseph Mengele. <gasps> Dr. Joseph Mengele, which he doesn't deserve to have the title doctor, and it made me mad every Didn't time. I, I do this. Did I? I? You talked about Nazi scientists coming to. Oh, oh you're right, because I did Operation Paperclip. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah, no, I was like looking through last podcast on the left stuff because like they do really good deep dives, and like, mm -hmm. so I already have a good base of knowledge, and then I could go off of that and like do my own little spin. Um, we're talking about Joseph Mengele, um, known as the Angel of Death. Uh, he was a quote-unquote doctor at Auschwitz, um, and all around, like, really shitty guy. Like, he was a full-on Nazi. 
Um, so. So I did a project on him, I think in like eighth grade. That's dark. And my teachers were really upset with me. So I know a good bit about him, but I'm like really excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, ugh. Okay. So he was born on March 16th, 1911 in Gunsberg, Germany. Um, to a wealthy family like his his daddy um sold farming equipment and shit like that mm-hmm. so like people actually like use that stuff and like you could still kind of find like vintage mangala farming <laughs> equipment which is really really you don't want that because he like you might get a good deal because you know like nazi history but i don't know i don't know but anyway he was born to a wealthy family and he was brought up as a catholic and uh whatever normal childhood super privileged etc etc and then he went to munich to study philosophy where he found out the ideology of alfred rosenberg um rosenberg created uh nazi theories that like kind of powered the whole thing like he was like you know it's all about the aryans versus like jewish people and it's like um maybe not a guy except all of germany was like maybe yes Controversial um, opinion. Nazis were bad. You know, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna take a really strong stance. Nazis are bad. Nazis, bad. <laughs> Nazis are canceled. Guys, <laughs> we're standing up for what's right on this podcast. And with that, we just ended Nazism. Um, ba 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 ba. In 1931, he joined Stahlhelm, which is like. Um, I guess, like, so uh, it seemed, I, like, learned too much about Nazism while researching this, and, like, apparently there's, like, steps to, like, how much of a Nazi you are, so that's, like, step one and like, getting more Nazi. Um, and then essay in 1933. In 1937, he applied for party membership, um, and then he joined the SS, so he, like, they, like, literally, like, looked into him because they look into you and make sure that your line is like completely clean like it's a whole process it's like getting a job at the government because it's getting a job at the government um if the government is nazis which uh, uh um and then he studied medicine at goth university in frankfurt um where he joined the Institute for Hereditary Biology and Racial Hygiene in 1934, which that name just makes your skin crawl. Um, yeah, it's that's... terrible. Um, he received a PhD in Munich on racial morphological examination of the anterior portion of the lower jaw in four racial groups, which okay. like racist super racist but also i will never forget that i forget who told me this but <clears throat> it was at a job and someone was like the longer your your title is or your qualification is the less important yeah <laughs> so it's like i have a, a phd in specifically the lower jaw of like four racial groups is like really funny <laughs> yeah yeah literally like he is big dumb he just was like, I can be big dumb and be doctor if I'm mean doctor. Yeah. Um, and while he was at Goethe University, he worked really closely with Otmar von Verschuer, um, who is an awful person, and I will tell you a little bit more about him. I'm ready. I don't um, know anything about him. 
He was a human biologist and eugenicist concerned primarily with racial hygiene and Nazi twin research. Already don't like him. Um, he argued in uh, principle for eugenic sterilization of the, this is a quote from him, feeble-minded, schizophrenics, the manic-depressive, epileptic, psychopaths, uh, uh, choria, god, uh, sufferers, that was, I said it wrong. Cholera? Oh, that's definitely what it was supposed to say. (laughs) (laughs) Cholera sufferers, the congenitally blind and deaf mute, whereby he qualified his statement by referring to the uncertain prognosis of heredity in such cases as manic depressive, insanity, epilepsy, and deaf mutism. So basically he was like, all these people should die. Um, Like, if there's anything uh, wrong with you, um, you should be dead. Uh, So he sucks. And then he, like, tried to justify it and be like, no, this is, like, super moral because, like, you know, like, they shouldn't be alive because, like, they're they're incorrect. Which, like, um, maybe not. Maybe that's not the case, sir. Well, it's crazy because, like, especially, like, I mean, you know, racism is alive and well. But a lot of, like, people don't talk about um, with, like, Nazi ideology is also, you know, they called for the yeah. wiping out of not even, like, people who are disabled, but people with, like, pretty much any anything type of... that... Yeah, anything that made you, like, not a quote-unquote ideal yeah. human specimen. Um, Which is so scary, like, because... Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's, like, your whole life is, like, defined by your ability to, like, contribute work. Yeah, but, but basically, <sighs> this spam was terrible. Also, sidebar... Uh, Eugenics started in America, so don't forget about that. Like, mm-hmm. our theories, like, or not ours, oof, uh, U.S. theories um, caused a lot of Nazi shit. So let's not completely remove ourselves from the situation and remember the past. So did you listen to the most recent episode of um, our series on Mormonism yes. on LPOTL? Um, we, like, plug them all the time. Um, um, which like they hit us up? <laughs> honestly... I would die. I want to I, join the last podcast network. I oh my god, yeah, hit us up. We we can contribute nothing, but we'd love to be there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I I didn't know this, but um, Mormonism. One of the like, do you remember when they were talking about basically um, one of the ways Mormonism gained like really uh, like popularity out west was the tenant that they're like, hey, if you join, if you're like Indian, we'll like make you it'll make you white yeah which is crazy because yeah. they're like i mean it's not crazy because like the whole like the whole thing is crazy <laughs> um honestly yeah. like this man just like yes anded himself into like a major religion <laughs> which yeah. is amazing he just wanted to sell a few books and uh he started a religion he was like i don't want to be a farmer so i'm gonna lie to people and rob graves and then he's like shit i have a religion um <laughs> He's like, uh, I also want some wives, so uh, we'll make that legal. Oh, God. It was, it's pretty funny. Please watch it. But yeah, I, I was like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll literally just like. We'll make you white. And it's yeah. like, no. So anyway. Um, yeah, but I'll continue. Okay, Sorry. so moral of Otmar von Verschuer is that he's really awful and, um, uh, Mengele worked really closely with him. So prior to Aus- Auschwitz, 
Mengele had several articles published on genetic abnormalities and racial variations. So basically everything he did, like, as a quote-unquote doctor, was being like, listen, I'm not racist, but I'm very racist. Um, here's a paper on why I'm racist, which is terrible and bad and incorrect. So... In 1940, he was drafted into the army, he served, and then he volunteered for SS medical service because he, like, wanted to go back, Mm -hmm. which, like, who wants to go back to war? Like, war seems bad. He was like, um, are you one of four races and do you have, uh, jaw problems? I can help you. Otherwise, no. Oh my god, he was literally terrible, though. So, he was transferred to Auschwitz in May of 1943 mm-hmm. and started as the officer responsible for the uh, quote-unquote gypsy camp. Yeah. Um, and prior to popular belief, like, he wasn't, like, he was never, like, the number one doctor at Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. He was always, like, underneath this other guy whose name I didn't write down for some reason. Um, but, yeah, he was not one of the top guys. Um his main job was being the selection officer, so he'd go to, like, where people were dropped off, and he'd be like, okay, you work, you work, you die, and he'd always search for twins for his research, and just be like, twins, twins, like, where are your twins, to, like, take them, and they'd live in, like, a separate quarter, and at first it was, like, nice, except then shit happened that I'll get into, but he'd, like, whistle when he was like, completing his duties, like, he'd just, like, walk around camp, like, whistling, like, having a good old time. Um, he volunteered for extra duties, managed operations above his pay grade, and just was, like, I'll do whatever as long as it involves me being racist. The thing that, like, always stood out to me about him when I was, like, reading about, um, like, Auschwitz and just, like, Nazi Germany in general is everyone would say like how much joy he took in all of his duties he loved being the selection officer too um and then i have a quote from otmar von verschuer um because uh mengele would help him from camp he says my assistant dr mengele has joined me in this branch of research he is presently employed as long german word and camp physician in (laughs) Um, the concentration camp at Auschwitz. Anthropological investigations on the most diverse racial groups of this concentration camp are being carried out with the permission of the SS um, Reichsführer. Um, the blood samples are being sent to my laboratory for analysis. So he'd literally like get people to send samples to uh, Verschuer, which is terrible and bad and awful. Um, his main, like, actual duties were to manage the infirmary where the sick were executed, um, assist other German doctors with their work, supervise inmate medical staff, and conduct his own research among the thousands of inmates he personally selected. Um, so he literally, like, had thousands Mm -hmm. of quote-unquote patients and quote-unquote subjects. Yeah. So, as far as the twin studies, he often injected one twin with a mysterious substance and monitored the illness, and then um, he also applied painful clamps to children's limbs to induce gangrene, injected dye into their eyes, um, and gave them spinal taps. Jesus. 
process. He would use one, one twin as like the control and subjected the other one to everything from blood transfusions to forced insemination, injections with diseases, amputations, and murder. Um, those that died were dissected and the surviving twins were killed and subjected to the same like dissections and studies. Mm -hmm. um, the, yeah, so when the test twin died, the other one would just be immediately killed um, with an injection of chloroform to the heart. Ugh. And they would be dissected for comparison. And then, this is on one single night. Uh, Joseph Mengele killed 14 pairs of twins and uh, performed autopsies on all of them. So That's crazy. That's 28 people. Yeah. He had experiments on up to 1,500 sets of twins, so 3,000 people, and many of them were children. Mm -hmm. There is a thing from one of the survivors. Her name is Eva. Um, she said that she would have to sit naked for hours on the ground and have her body measured and compared to her twin Miriam's. She had injections and that caused like severe reactions and just awful, awful shit. But she was able to survive and get out, which is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't know like how you could like just physically, as, like she was a child. So like, I don't know how you could just physically emotionally mentally like make it out of there like i feel like i might just give up in that situation so she's fucking a badass woman and i love her um shout out to eva is she still alive she's probably passed away due to like natural causes by mm -hmm. now like age but she was alive and wrote or like did an editorial or something somewhere that was like think New York Times or something like that. There's like so there's like a bunch of people who have survived Mengla and you can find like all their testimonies and stuff um, online. There's a lot of great articles and like just stories of people just being strong as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um because like uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um but my understanding is like largely what we do know of Mengla is because of survivor accounts, right? Because a lot of the records, like, official records that Mengele kept were destroyed, right? Yeah. Okay. And I'm yeah. sure you'll get that. I don't want to, like, steal your thunder, but yeah. I'm not. I'm trying to make sure, like, I'm... No, yeah. It's, like, all accounts from people in mm -hmm. the camps and, like, um, maybe, like, people who worked with him, things like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, also, like, um, let's, it's really sad. A few years ago, um, I was reading an article that was, like, most of the, you know, at this point, people who did survive the um, uh, Holocaust um, in Auschwitz are like, you know, any camp people who were, you know, hidden. There aren't too many people who are still alive to yeah. give like interviews and accounts. It's like kind of the last people are dying out, which is very, yeah, I don't know the right word for it, but it's, it's, it's sad. It's very sad because it's like, those are firsthand accounts yeah. of some of the yeah. In, like, elementary school, we had an assembly where this woman was, she was a uh, Holocaust survivor, and mm. she, like, spoke for, like, an hour, and I was just, like, blown away. Yeah. Like, it was so dark. I was like, holy shit. It's, cr it's like, yeah, she was, truly like, the stuff of nightmares. My whole family was killed. Um, all this horrible stuff happened, and it's just, like, 
so difficult to imagine. It's just so sad that, like, all these people who, like, show what actually happens when you let something like that Mm -hmm. go on, like, the effect it has on people and not just such, like, from a historical standpoint, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's fucking terrible. But it wasn't just, like, his experiments that were terrible. He Mm -hmm. was also, like, terrible in general. Yeah. So... During one selection, um, a middle-aged woman who was selected for work refused to be separated from her daughter, who was assigned to death, and a guard was trying to pry them apart and got a scratch on the face and had to fall back. Um, uh, But luckily, Mengele was there to resolve the matter by shooting both the girl and her mother. Um, So he just killed them both right there on the platform. Uh, And then... One time, he was just in a bad mood, so he sent everybody to the gas chamber that showed up. It's terrible. This is why I was like, I need to go first. We can't end on this. I'm ready to anchor. I'm already ready. (laughs) Um, And then, on another occasion, the doctors argued over whether a boy that all of them, like, became fond of, that they liked, had tuberculosis. Mengele left the room and came back in an hour or two, apologizing for the argument that because like he was arguing that he had tuberculosis so he was like oh i was wrong um i shot the boy and dissected him and i didn't find any sign of disease god so he was just like a straight-up sociopath like i don't think that he ever had an intention of being a doctor i think he became a doctor to like cause harm to people oh yeah it sounds like he's a sociopath like and a psychopath yeah no he'd like literally do these experiments that like, quote-unquote experiments that, like, could never fucking work, mm. and, like, he just sew people's body parts to each other, and just, like, it just didn't work. Like, that's not a real thing. Like, if you've ever watched American Horror Story Asylum, like, oh, the God, doctor God, God, God. in that is basically Mengele. Yeah. Like, real deal, because he just does awful shit, and he's literally just a terrible person. He's not trying to make any breakthroughs or help anyone. And then... In 1944, he got a management position at the camp because he was just so enthusiastic and full of life. Oh my god. Um, Goes above and beyond. He really goes above and beyond in his murdering of people. He's just been employee of the month here at Auschwitz. Um, And then when typhus broke out among the women's barracks, uh, Mengele ordered one block of 600 women gassed and their barracks fumigated. He then moved on to the next block and fumigated their barracks and, like, killed the women, too. And he repeated this for each woman's block until all of them were clean and they got a new shipment. And then he did it again a few months later during a scarlet fever outbreak. It's like bed bugs. Yeah. That's like, oh, God. It's terrible. Yeah, he stitched pairs of twins together at the back. He gouged out eyes of people with different colored irises. Um, He vivisected uh children who um they all like all the kids he would go around and give them some candy and like be like have a great day son and then he'd just like come back and like dissect them and they would call him like uncle poppy but like then he'd just be be like oh we trust this guy gave us candy and then he'd kill them um and then when gangrene broke out in the gypsy camp uh Mengele uh, investigated the genetic causes because he thought it was genetic because he has this insane racist bug in his head. 
Um, and to do this study, he sawed off the heads of infected prisoners and sent the preserved samples to Germany for study, which I'm sure it was to that asshole Otmar. Yeah. Um, so in 1945, the camp was dismantled. Uh, Dr. Mengele packed up his research and specimens and dropped them off with a friend and headed west to avoid capture. Yeah. Um, he used a variety of aliases and then sometimes his own name, and he was able to escape capture for decades. He um, moved to Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay, and they were all, like, super, like, sympathetic to Nazis, like, lots of Nazi sympathizers in Brazil, apparently. That's where he went. Um, And in the 1950s, he opened an unlicensed medical practice in Buenos Aires, where he performed illegal abortions... Um, and that actually got him arrested when one of his patients died, but his friend showed up to court with a envelope of cash, so the judge just dismissed the case. And then in 1979, he was swimming and got a stroke and drowned and died, and now he's burning in hell. So, um, his family and friends were like, oh yeah, we knew it was him the whole time, which is freaking terrible. And his body was given to a university for study, so he can be dissected um, like the inhuman piece of garbage that he is. Yeah. And that's the end of the horrible story of Joseph Mengele, who is rotting in hell, and I hope he's being uh, subjected to everything that he subjected people to. Dude, like... Okay, also, I realized, like, I haven't done this on the podcast. It's just, like, I listened to the last podcast on the left episode. (laughs) Because I was thinking, I was like, oh, my God. Um, Yeah, it's the injustice of his death. He was literally, like, he was, like, living his best fucking life after. Like, he was, like, evading capture, but he lived comfortably. No, yeah, there's, like, pictures of him online at, like, a picnic and shit like that. And I'm like, you don't deserve that. You deserve to be in a box being poked and prodded and studied that's also one of those things too like you know i'm i don't, I don't know if we've actually talked about this i'm like very anti-death penalty yeah it's so hard though because then there's someone but then like sometimes him. you're like you're like yeah like like shoot him in the head like yeah. it's i don't even want him to be shot in the head i want him yeah i want somebody to study him like he studied people it's it's truly upsetting like yeah. and I think a lot of people's like you know a lot of people are like weirdly fascinated like with like especially the hollow I mean like so genocide like is bad did not start or end with the like Nazi Germany like it it's it's going it's on always been a thing yeah but I think there's something about the obviously like Nazi Germany very well documented um, and it was so just systematic it was super systematic and I think it really like people. A long time ago, people, if you've seen, like, Mindhunter, like, yeah. so I'm actually still watching it. I, like, I'm not up to date. I'm, like, a bad true crime fan. But, um, you know, people were completely flabbergasted by this idea of, like, a serial killer. Because they're like, yeah. oh, like, where's the motive? Like, you know, people always, like, know their assailants. Like, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a very similar way, like, the Holocaust really challenged people's ideas of like what humans were capable of and that's yeah. why they're literally holocaust deniers like today they're like Abbott. <laughs> they're like 
people didn't do this. People couldn't do this. Like, it just doesn't even make sense. Like, how could you kill six million people? There was the Milgram experiment Mm -hmm. done because Dr. Milgram thought that it had to be something specific to, like, Germany and that it couldn't just be that people were this cruel, like, except he had people, like, I'm sure you've all heard of it, that he told people that anytime somebody got a question wrong, they'd shock someone. Oh, I and love, and I don't love this, but it's so yeah, fascinating. Like the person wasn't actually being shocked. It was like an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd move it up for every like consecutive wrong question. And most people would go like all the way, like they'd stop for a second and be like, Oh, I don't think I can do this. And then when Dr. Milgram was like, no, like you have to, They'd be like, okay, so it's like... Google the Milgram experience. Yeah. It's, like, wild. It's insane what people can be capable of. Um, yeah, so that's super heavy. Um, yeah. I have a good story for you. Uh, my phone's almost dead, and I'm reading off my phone. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Insert advertisement here. Dasha and I have recently been watching My Strange Addiction. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> that show is such a trip. Well, no, it's like, so we do this thing, like, Dasha and I have the same, not the same schedule, but a very similar schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Um, and we almost always, like, we'll like, eat lunch together unless I go eat lunch with Josh. Mm-hmm. And we'll be like, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, My Strange Addiction. We've also switched, we finished My Strange Addiction, so now we're watching Masked Singer. How is that Dude, show? it's... That show looks made up. Like, it's so good. Like, we were watching it last night, and, like, you know, we were all drinking, and I was, I was like, this show isn't real. Literally, no, yeah, because I, like, I watch John Oliver, and sometimes he'll talk about The Masked Singer, it's and I'm like... so good. It seems like such a trip. Dude, it's <laughs> so good. Anyway, though, uh, oh, shit, I forgot what I was saying. Um, that's good for a podcast. My Strange Addiction. My Strange Addiction. So, I love coffee, right? Sarah loves coffee. We all drink coffee. Yeah. Um, also, we were talking before we started, uh, pumpkin spice lattes overrated don't drink them literally disgusting pumpkin uh cream cold brew though yes good pumpkin cream cold brew is for grown-ass bitches who need energy who need energy and are pumpkin not like spice lattes are for girls in high school who are like i'm so tired after yeah. they got eight hours of sleep <laughs> no the pumpkin cream cold brew is like it's sweet see josh makes fun of me because he's like oh you like your coffee like super sweet and I like it. I'll drink it black, but I don't like to. Um, so he drinks, and he drinks coffee black because he's a he's an adult. Sometimes I do it, and then I start to get sad, and then I'm like, I want some. Yeah, it's there. like let me enjoy. Let me enjoy things. Like you yeah. enjoy your your bland bean water. Um, yeah. but yeah. So, but the uh the <laughs> pumpkin, the pumpkin cream cold brew is like a very good balance of like you still really got that like good coffee flavor um and it's a little sweet and it's like creamy but it's not like pumpkin spice latte i like usually when i order from starbucks i like modify my order i'm like the worst person i will sit in a parking lot and order online because i don't like when i want to talk to people and i'm always like can i get like half pumps of this i'm like can i get like almond milk um but like my friend worked at starbucks and there's this one woman who would always come through the drive-thru and order like a iced coffee with 28 pumps of classic syrup <sighs> and like extra cream and like it was just like sweet milk with a splash of coffee yeah. at the end of it. Okay. 
I keep plugging Facebook a lot. And so this is why I think I'm reluctant to let go um, of Facebook. I'm in a Facebook group that's like, it's all disgruntled baristas. Mm -hmm. Like most of them are Starbucks, but a lot of them aren't. And they post like bad drinks. Yeah. I'm going to add you to it because some of the stuff, it's like unreal. Oh my God. No, like my friend, she was also complaining because people make these like, they're like, oh, keto Starbucks drink. And they add like milk to teas that like you shouldn't add milk to and she's like this is disgusting like the milk is not like supposed to be in there like it's gonna be people will be like i want a latte but instead of milk do heavy cream also i'm i'm keto shaming any i hate keto it's just weird and as a reformed paleo eater and i do i use the word reformed purposely don't do it like your body your body needs carbohydrates love yourself um, but, uh, do, oh, oh my God. I'm just, okay. My strange addiction, right? We watch it when we eat. We're always disgusted. We are like, this girl was like eating like clay masks. Yeah. Y'all gotta watch it if you haven't seen it. It's such good, like trash TV. The girl who like snacks on couch cushions. Yeah. Okay. The one that, the one that ruined my life and I, I made Josh watch it. And this is like, actually like, if you watch this, like go through it. I don't want to spoil it, but there's this one where this woman does coffee enemas. No! She she does four or five a day. No! They, she works from home, so she can just, like, do it. Um, and obviously that's, like, super bad for you yeah. because basically it's, like, all this caffeine in your bloodstream doesn't even get a chance to go through your liver. Yeah. It's, like, it's super, super bad. And yeah. she, like... She, so they started, like, I do coffee enemas, and, like, you know, they show her, like, on the bathroom, like, doing the thing. And, you know, usually, like, there's, like, a spouse or, like, you know, they're always, like, oh, I'm so horrified by this. So they, like, interview the husband and he was, like, I was so disgusted by what she did. Like, you know, classic, like, my yeah. strange addiction thing. And then she, <laughs> he goes, and then I tried it. And they, like, pause. And then they show him going into the bathroom and he goes, now I'm addicted to coffee enemas. And I was, like, <laughs> like, I was, like, they had us in the first half. Sorry, like, peaking's really bad on that <laughs> That's, like, really normal to be, like, disgusted, but the fact that they showed a clip of him, like, walking into the bathroom. <laughs> no, I, it's, I scream. Dasha and I, Dasha's my roommate, and I love her. Um, She screamed. We were like, no. And so we, like, showed it to Josh, and he also screamed, because we were like, wait okay. for it, wait for it. And then he goes, I'm addicted to coffee enemas, and we were like, ah. And then they, like, went through this whole thing where they're like, oh, yeah, we, like, fight for the first enema of the day. And the, the girl's Don't like... Don't talk to me before I've had my coffee enema. The girl's literally, like... The woman, I, she's not a girl. Um, she's like, I like mine, like, slightly above room temperature. And, like, the guy liked his at, or at, at body temperature. And she's like, I like a fine espresso roast. And he's like, I like it grainier because I just, like, feel cleaner. And I was just like, this isn't oh. real. Like, this can't be real. And, of course, they go to the doctor. And he's like, you guys got to stop doing this. And we're like, they're like, we're fine. Um, but, yeah. I don't see anything wrong. And then he's like, actually, your insides are shredded up. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you're going to, like, die. And they're like, no, yeah. it's fine. You can die from too much caffeine. And yeah. You can they were, easily get too much caffeine from that. They were consuming the equivalent of, like, it was, like, 50 cups of coffee <gasps> a day. <laughs> Without the ability for it went straight to their bloodstream. Just like shaking, constantly vibrating. They're like. (laughs) Anyway, um, this show is brought to you by My Strange Addiction. Sponsor us. (laughs) So I really like we would watch it. We're like, what do we want to watch while we eat? We're like the most disgusting show. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's a really good one. Right. Anyway. (laughs) So spooky. Yeah, we're already like fifty minutes in. It's fine. Um. Okay, 
So thankfully mine is a lot more lighthearted. Um, and I do, 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 opening my notes on drive. Also, there's so many spelling mistakes in this. Should I send a picture of the setup to Lily? Oh, no. no. Uh, She's like a she, big fan, so I feel like we've had friends, you know, like Kira listens. Kira they're listens? gonna be so excited. I, I love Kira. Kira. Jinx, Kira, we love you. Hi. Yeah. Um, Kat listens too, but usually not for the actual yeah. spooky part. So, she Kat's not listening. Kat's not listening right now. Um, okay. I <laughs> I am going to talk to you about the what led up to the first act of bioterrorism in the United States and the second largest occurrence. I knew it. I knew it. Of bioterrorism in the I United States. It. You know what it is? Yes. Today we are talking about the Rajneesh cult. I knew you were going to talk about that. Oh my gosh. I because you're so excited, and I was like, she's going to talk about this. I so cults have a very special place in my heart. Um, I listen to cult podcasts, I watch random cult documentaries, and I actually didn't know about this one until one day I was, I don't know what was going on, I don't know, I think I was like drinking and Josh and I were hanging out and he just like put on a documentary for me, he was like, Maddie, you should watch this, and I was enthralled, so I watched yeah. it again. The vast majority of the information I got is um, from the, uh, it's the title, it's like just a YouTube documentary. Yeah. Rajneesh Param Down the Rabbit Hole documentary. It's like a 40-minute documentary. Interesting. It's, please watch it. It's so good. The visuals are incredible. Because some of the stuff I'm going to describe, and also it's, you know, it's 40 minutes. So yeah. you're getting a condensed version. But highly recommend it. I love learning about cults. Um, also, fun fact, I have a book, The Encyclopedia of Serial Killers. You do? I need to see that. Yeah, I'll let you borrow it if you want. Morgan Ooh. was like, I want a copy. Um, the first time Josh came over and he saw it. He, he told me, like, way after we started dating, but he was like, I saw that, and I was like, that's a cool red flag. Um, so, yeah, but cults are really, like, my my favorite, and I still haven't <laughs> talked about my favorite cult, which is, like, the largest act of bioterrorism, but anyway, so we'll just get right into it. And the reason I do say it's lighter is um, no one actually shockingly died as a result, as a direct result of these cults actions so and it's it, there's not like a huge it's one of the very few cults that really kind of like fizzled fizzled out it wasn't yeah. you'll we'll get into it but it's you'll tell it's us. a lot more chill you'll tell us. um okay so okay. it's 1960 we're in india um there's this professor of philosophy named chand now i'm gonna you know, I even heard the nickname or the nicknames, the pronunciations, because I, you know, listened to a documentary, but I'm still going to mess it up. So I apologize. Um, but in the 1960s, there was a professor of philosophy named Chandra Mohan Jain, and he traveled under the nickname Rajneesh, which might be familiar to a lot of you, um, but it's not actually his name. Um, he uh, proclaimed the benefits of living a life filled with pleasure and celebration, very humanistic, and um, existed in stark contrast to the teachings of Gandhi. That was my dog. Um, <laughs> flappy, flappy. Um, and he, <laughs> I love this quote, he was spreading controversial ideas such as uh, capitalism and birth control um, and traveled all around India. Um, he was perceived as a deviant, um, but despite that, he was very charismatic and popular and invited to, like, all sorts of conferences, kind of, like, traditional cult leader type yeah. thing. Like, you know, they, they might, a lot of times their ideas are perceived as, like, very counterculture, yeah. but they're still super charismatic. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
as a result of his teachings and his um, popularity in India, um, around 1964, um, he started these uh, meditation campuses. Campus? I think it's camps. Sorry, I have a lot of typos. Um, and uh, as a, so he basically kind of started, he commercialized it, he started this business. Yeah. Um, and originally it was just in India. And in 1966, he was asked to step down from his teaching position, um, but he really didn't care because at this point, his uh, he was getting a lot of money from his like appearances yeah. around India, and, and he was um, gaining like a following. Yes, yeah. and from doing uh, like guided meditations with people. Yeah. Um, and in 1970, um, he settled into Bombay, um, where he went full time. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my roommate's coughing. Uh, full time. Rajneesh movement, as it was originally yeah. coined. The long cold. Um, so the um, original, uh, originally the uh, followers of the cult were called Neo Sannyasins. Um, I might have messed that up too. Um, and they basically existed in direct opposition to um, traditional Hindi monks. Um, despite wearing the same exact garb, they had uh, prayer beads with pictures of Rajneesh's face on them. Oh. Um, and they were given new names. So these okay. are people... What? Wait, like, if I was a cult leader, like, I would not want people to be wearing my face. Like, I like, would wear your face. I Like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to look at my face all the time. Like, I feel, like, uncomfortable. But I guess that's what makes you, like, a cult leader. Like, wanting to see your face everywhere and being, like, an egomaniac. Well, they are. And that's what's crazy to me is, like, learning and reading about cult leaders is, like... They just kind of like a lot of serial killers are yeah. just so charismatic, and it's crazy yeah. what you can like convince people to do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So um, they he has like these um, followers in Bombay. Um, people are starting to like actually travel uh, to see him outside of India. There's a huge um, American following because this is running kind of in um, parallel to an anti-establishment movement in right. the late '60s, early yeah. '70s. Yeah. So, yeah, and this is, like, very attractive to people who have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but we'll get there. So, um, the core of his teachings were, um, you were ta- they were taught to um, revel, revel? <laughs> revel and indulge in sex, um, bodily pleasures, um, like I said, very, very humanistic, very uh, indulgent. Um in 1972, um, Rajneesh officially changed his name to um, Bhagwan Shi Rajneesh, which uh, the prefix Bhag- uh, Bhagwan just means like blessed one, lord. It's okay. basically him giving him the title, giving himself yeah. the title of being a guru. Um, also around this time, the meditation uh, stepped up a little bit to what was called, he coined the term dynamic meditation, um, which involved screaming, rhythmic movements, and hyperventilation followed by complete stiffness and that's why i'm saying you guys gotta watch this documentary that sounds like (laughs) me breaking down after studying it's it's crazy like it's i the videos of it are like really intense um and like i said in the u.s strong anti-establishment movement was growing um so a lot of like very intelligent like very highly educated people um thought that those things are the same (laughs) but uh, went to India, um, and the teaching of um, Rajneesh really stood out to them. After uh, learning about the um, practices and getting trained, these psychologists, because yeah. um, he really strongly attracted like people in um, psychological practices, yeah. 
came back to the United States and actually opened their own meditation centers. And all of the money from these meditation centers went was went back yeah. to him. So that's where, you know, cults need money. That's where the big money started for him. He literally franchised his cult, which is crazy. Um, attracted a lot of people from California. There were a lot of these centers in California, which is like, yeah, it makes sense. Um, so, yeah. That's where we are. This practice is, like, largely not harmful right now. It's, it's very scam. hippie. Yeah, and it's yeah. a scam. Um, it's, like, um, multi-level marketing. It kind of... I'm snoring. Okay. I wonder if the microphone can hear it. Anyway. I can't hear it. So, um... <laughs> so, because of the rapid growth of the movement... Um, a new monastery was established in India, which had 600 legal residents and a thousand more illegally, like, erected huts, yeah. like, around. It be- essentially became, like, a small city um, in India. I, for- I wrote, I f- they changed cities. It wasn't Bombay, but I forgot to write it down. Um, at this, okay. <laughs> at this point, um, Rajneesh, um, the uh, administrative side of his, like, cult um start uh opening puppet companies and swiss accounts to essentially like deal with all of this money that's so much money yeah um and at this point dynamic meditation gets a little bit more intense um and this is like really horrible but basically uh people are told out you know during this meditation you're supposed to like let everything out and you should act out your inner feelings so as a result of that um violence and sexual violence occurred a lot yeah it's really i know so this is it, it does get a little a little dark but that's kind of where things start to take a little twinge of being like okay this is you know dumb and like kind of hippie type stuff um and also in india um the vast majority of people who are practicing are actually people who traveled from the United States. It's not actually majority Indian people, which is interesting. That is interesting. So it's... It's based in India, but it's all these, like, American people. Yes. At one point, um, I'll forget the time right now, but it's in here. Um, At one point, um, before Rajneesh comes to the United States, uh, white people outnumber Indian people 10 to 1. Wow. Yeah. So, um, anyway... Uh, a lot of STIs result as a result, like, because of the, like, sexual practices, um, you know, they, like, you know, weren't yeah. using protection, but, like, sexual promiscuity was promoted, so a lot of people came down with, um, uh, diseases. Um, at the end of the 70s, the monastery in India was losing, um, credibility, and that's when, okay, yeah, so at the end of the 70s, that's when the, um, American uh, people outnumbered the um, actual Indians by, you know, about 10 to 1. A lot of the residents um, in this monastery um, were selling drugs to try to, like, keep bringing money into the cult. And a lot of people who were, uh, because of, like, extreme practices and the meditation, um, ended up in psychiatric wards as well. Um, so as a result of kind of all of this, like crazy stuff going on, like I said, there's a lot of, this is kind of a real estate cult too. Like they have a lot of issues with real estate. Um, basically the Indian government was like, fuck you guys. They're, yeah, their tax exemption status as a religious organization was revoked. Um, so, uh, basically Rajneesh was like, oh, so this is not like, as lucrative as we want it to be they're facing like millions of dollars in back taxes so um his uh 
right-hand woman who you're going to hear a lot about. Her name is Sheila. And Sheila is, she's an interesting character, but basically she worked on the admin side of the cult. Wait, so, um, pause. Yes. I know that this is the Wild Wild Country mm -hmm. on Netflix. Yes. I never actually watched that, but... So there's a show called Documentary Now. Yeah. And they do like spoofs of documentaries. <laughs> like it's with Bill Hader, uh, Fred Armisen. Like they're the main guys on it. John Mulaney's been in a couple episodes. Ugh. So it's all like these great comedians. And like I watched their version of the documentary. So I have like a vague idea of what happened. It's like really comical. Like the stuff. So ultimately like there are a lot of failed fucking murder plots. Like, yeah. It's, it's really crazy and that's I think what I really like about cults is like they're so absurd yeah um but yeah we're gonna get there so basically no, like I'm excited to know like what from what the, actually like, happened yeah, because I was like <laughs> this is so ridiculous and like I'm excited to see like what they made up and what is yeah. actually just dumb it's pretty intense yeah um, Owen Wilson stars in it <laughs> Oh my fucking god. Okay. You should check it out. No, I will. So like when I was like doing my research, like that yeah. came up and I was like, oh, I need to like actually watch a real documentary, not the like 40 minute one on YouTube, but it was really informative. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Sheila, I think her first name, Ma'an. So everyone at a, you're going to hear a lot of Ma'an. Yeah. I forget the other one, but they all had like cult names. Yeah. Um, but, um, yes. yes. Um, somebody's, uh, it's, it's a bit, and they all, you know, wore the exact same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Sheila suggested to find a place in the United States. Um, so Rajneesh was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And, uh, went to the U S under the guise of medical problems and then ultimately, uh, extended his, uh, visa as like a tourism visa, which is yeah. going to bite him in the ass later. Just yeah. wait. So they find this, um, find this place in Oregon, hundred square miles, um, so these neo sannyasins, which are just like the cult followers, yeah. um, came in absolute like flocks. They're like, okay, we found our spot. It's yes. going to be great. Uh, soil quality was very poor, um, but because the uh, compound was zoned for farming, every structure needed to have some type of farming application gotcha. um, to kind of avoid all of the issues around um, uh, building permits. Yeah. Um, they... Uh, Rajneesh decided that, like, okay, we need to become, like, an actual city, mm -hmm. like, an incorporated city. And they only needed 150 people to do that because it was Oregon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so basically, like I said, like, half of this cult is, like, them avoiding, like, <laughs> like building permits. Um, and so this uh, concerned environmental group called A Thousand Friends, which I'm going to just remember, they're an environmental group in Oregon. Um, I love them. Yeah. Rajneesh, uh, or it's really Sheila. So, um, yeah. Sheila told him like, Hey, we need to like establish, um, a city to restore the soil. Like that's what we're trying to do. And 1000 friends was like, no, that's like not what this is about. They're like, um, suspicious from the start. Yeah. Um, so Sheila, um, does a hard, uh, 180 and then, uh, turns to smear tactics to be like, Hey, we're being discriminated against by this group. Like they just don't want us here because we're in a religious organization. And as a result, you know, 1,000 Friends becomes very hostile. Um, but also there's a huge influx in donations to um, the uh, organization, right? Mm -hmm. So um, Neo um, Sanyasins claim that they weren't <coughs> religious in any ways in order to get um, buildings for workers. Um, people were housed in tents while they were waiting to uh, actually build housing. And all of these followers were told, you know, they sold all their possessions and gave their liquid assets to 
the uh, to uh, Rajneesh um, in order to hide how many people were actually staying in this land illegally. Um, workers hid mattresses when um, the uh, uh, county planners came by to inspect what was going on. Um, do, 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 do. So finally, um, you know, they're building, they get the, uh, they get the number of people they need to be their own city. And it is coined Rajnishpuram, which is also a, like, probably a title you guys are familiar with, if you know anything about it. Um, there's, uh, during this time, there's a pending lawsuit with a thousand friends, um, that could result in them having to tear down all their buildings. Yeah. Um, just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, now there's one city about 20 miles away called Antelope and it only has 40 people. Like this is like small, small town America. There are families bigger than this town. Mm -hmm. Um, it's mostly, um, like retired people. Um, and, uh, Rajneesh takes interest in this town because he wants to build a printing factory and administrative offices for like books. So like I said, he's really like hard on this franchise game right like he's yeah. really monetizing everything um but they can't build these buildings in um rajneeshpuram again because everything is zoned for farming everything has to have a farming application even the yeah. houses um so um they applied for building permits to build in antelope and the city was like fuck you well they really weren't they were nice about yeah. it they're like well they're we don't like, have adequate water supply they're like they were like, no, actually we can't because we can't support the, they were like, we yeah. can't support the population. Yeah. Um, and Rajneeshpuram, yeah. is a huge issue and that's like what I want to do. Yeah. So. They literally didn't have the infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sheila was like really, really, really mad. So then kind of what she did with a thousand friends, she like went after uh, Antelope. Um, she started like a slew of lawsuits um, and uh, was like running their name through the mud. And as a result, there was an antelope special election on April 15th in 1982 to um, disincorporate the city of Rajneeshpuram to prevent any further building. Um, and the residents of Rajneeshpuram basically uh, took advantage of lax voting laws to stop the unincorporation. Yeah. Um, as a result of all of the bad press, um, <laughs> I wrote Shira, but it's Sheila. Um, demanded um, the model of the franchises around the United States be changed because they're like, we need more money. Um, all of these small practices that yeah. these um, psychologists and I think some psychiatrists as well, like they were very highly educated wow. people. Um, approximately 575. I feel um, like it's always like really highly educated people who end up in these cults. Well, that's what's crazy about it. Like, and that's, I think, one of the reasons I think it's like super interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, they were like very, very, most of the people in this cult had bachelor's level uh, um, degrees or higher in, um, some of them were psycho psychology, I think it was like 10%, but they also, they had like, mm -hmm. they had engineers, they had people who like were, they had like construction, infrastructure, they had agriculturalists, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, you need all that if you yeah. want to start a city. Well, yeah, exactly. So anyway. So, uh, Sheila's like, okay, all of these, um, small franchises, close it down. We're gonna put all the money into creating new communes. And, uh, meanwhile, Rajneesh was like, even though he was, you know, trying to get people to like sell all their stuff, yeah. he personally, like most cult leaders was like, well, that doesn't apply to me and got a very, uh, intense, um, had a very intense love for Rolls Royces. Yeah. 
and diamond studded watches, which is super specific and super bougie, but yeah. whatever. Um, and, um, Oregon, the, the state of Oregon was like, we see what you're doing. Um, like we know you're a fraud basically. Um, Sheila continued to try to like basically intimidate, um, Antelope, the city, Uh tried to run these people out. Um, and ultimately, uh, the, uh, Neo, uh, Sanyasins took over the city. Like they outnumbered the original residents. Yes. And were that, able to take over the city. That happened in the spoof documentary as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, I love that you've seen that, but not the real one. Because yeah. it makes it really fun. So that's like, you know, a big win for the neo Sanyasins. But at the, around this time, Rajneesh was uh, finally denied permanent residency by immigration. Because they were like, you said you're sick. And then you said you're a tourist. But now you're like, I'm a religious leader. Like, that doesn't track. Yeah. And so that's kind of like looming like the threat of like deportation being kicked out of the country is like looming yeah um so like i said mostly these are mostly college educated people that are working mm-hmm. in this uh in this he's compound snoring. i know a baby bit, boy a snoring hi he's got a little skunk stripe on his belly all right so around this time with the um press basically the imminent threat of being uh, removed from the country, also the pressure from 1,000 Friends lawsuit, yeah. as well as the, um, basically, like, di- like the county, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that encompassed the city was, um, wa- wa- I think it's Wasco, maybe Wasco. I think it's Wasco. I'm thinking of Waco. <laughs> Wasco County, basically, like, they wanted them out of there. Yeah. Um, so as a result of all this pressure, things kind of, like, heat up in the cult. Um, these mostly college educated people, um, were put to good use, like, um, building, um, harvesting, uh, you know, creating infrastructure. They worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, every building, like I said, they all had to be, uh, agricultural buildings. So they all had like, you know, some false motive. Like there was a greenhouse that was built, but the greenhouse was only, was only going to be used as like a reception hall type things like that. Um, so and they're again, all like agricultural buildings, like barns they have to be, stuff yeah, like that. Except they're not using them for like agricultural things. Yeah, and you know, someone who's listening to this knows a lot more about like property law than I do, and is like hating me right now. But basically, like my whole impression was like most of the hangups in this cult were about like property law. <laughs> yeah. Um. So 1982, um, things get like actually a little scary. Um. Rajneesh employs a police force, which is called a peace force. Um, he oh. sent a, yeah, 150 people to a police academy, um, and they were armed with pink clothing to distinguish themselves from the rest of the um, cult. And they were given pistols um, oh. after a bomb attack on Hotel Rajneesh and a Rajneesh-owned um, nightclub um, happened. I forget the city. Yeah, that nightclub. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, this guy was about... This guy owned property, like, all around the United States. Oh, my God. Because he had fault. Yeah, no, it's crazy. That's like, so there was funny. a Rajneesh hotel. And this it man tu- is Donald Trump. It turned out that the attack was kind of, like... It was by, like, an extremist uh, cult. Yeah. And it was, like, kind of a weird, like, one-off thing. But they used this as proof that outsiders were aggressive and hostile to yeah. um, the neo-sanyasins. Yeah. Um... So as a result, uh, the cult became very militaristic. Um, dress codes were a lot stricter. Um, there were strip searches coming and leaving the compound. 
and um, people who were permanent residents or citizens of the United States were forced to marry foreigners to make sure they could live here permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, the financial situation also began to, <laughs> I meant degenerate, but it, I wrote regenerate um, because of Sheila's restructuring of the franchises. Um, gifts also dropped by 75%. Yeah. Um, and the takeover of the city of Antelope had created more enemies and also like really increased the um, hostilities. Um, the case of a thousand friends um, was proceeding well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, cities could no longer be incorporated without additional improve approval, um, which was a direct um, targeting of um, the Rajneesh Param. Yeah. Um, and all building permits were frozen, so they like, couldn't build anymore. Um, in 1984, the police force was armed with assault rifles and um, pistols. Uh, they tried to get fully automatic weapons, but uh, the government was like, no, no, uh, we're going to draw the line there. Um, so uh, this team, this elite team of 150, uh, were trained to use them and were also given helicopters, which what is crazy. The? Like, Rajni, so it's crazy. He's, like, rolling in money. Yeah, well, he's also rolling in, he, he's rolling in Royces. He has a crazy amount of, like, personal wealth. Yeah. Um, as a result of all of these gifts, all of these franchises, but what Sheila essentially did when she called for them to disband and, like, give all their liquid assets to, uh, like, basically Sheila made an attempt to, um, turn these, like, meditation centers into, uh, things that were supposed to, like, contribute to the commune. Yeah. But the direct result of that is basically they couldn't recruit anymore because instead of being introduced to... Um, Rajneesh's practices through yeah. just like meditation, they're basically like you have to like join the commune. So yeah. the barrier of entry was a lot higher. Yeah. Um, and like I said, things were heating up at the cult as well. Um, when people wanted to leave, Sheila would have them sedated for long periods of time the- until they agreed. She would just drug. So Sheila's Wait, crazy. Wait, that actually happened in the in the spoof stuff. Yeah, people would be like, "Hey, um, I'm not cool with this anymore. Uh, I'm like giving up all of my She's physical like, possessions." Sh- sleep. She would. She yeah. would literally, she would cover people's mouths um, with a, a like chloroform. chloroform. Yeah. yeah. And would inject them until they were like, oh, I've been asleep for like four weeks. I guess I'll stay. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. She's crazy. This one woman tried to leave and uh, Sheila ordered, oh, she, sorry, she spoke out against Sheila. She tried to send um, Rajneesh a letter yeah. and Sheila intercepted it and she ordered her uterus to be removed. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, she told some people who were um, like speaking out against her that they all had AIDS and they were quarantined and a nurse kept them. They didn't have AIDS, but yeah. they were kept sick and not allowed to see like medical personnel like outside of the compound. So she was basically like, she's, she's crazy. Yeah. So she has assumed over this time an incredible amount of power. And like Rajneesh yeah. is like a bad dude too, but Sheila, and he was like aware of what Sheila was doing and wasn't doing anything. And wasn't doing anything. Yeah. But also, I mean, he's shitty too. Um, also around this time, these uh, people called Hollywood people were introduced to the cult. That's literally what they called them. And they basically like weren't forced to work um, and had their like special buildings and stuff. And basically like they were, they showered Rajneesh with gifts and it, it was just kind of a weird situation. It was an attempt to get like more people, but they're like, oh, they're like higher status. So that also created some dissonance in the cult as well. Yeah. And Sheila was really concerned about these people because she didn't want anybody to be like closer to Rajneesh than she was. So she yes. would like wiretap them. Oh my God. She's cra- no, she's like, she's, she's crazy. So crazy. She's okay. And part of the reason to explain that Rajneesh and Sheila started doing drugs. No. Which, yeah, <laughs> shocking. 
um, like uh, psychedelics. Yeah, so yeah, so the commune is like falling apart. Like they have all these like legal restrictions. Um, you know, they're having trouble like retaining people. They lost their major sources of income, which is gifts and the um, these uh, meditation practices. And so Sheila, in her um, psychedelic uh, rage and paranoia, sets up a lab to start doing bio-research. Oh. Yeah, she's like, you know what we need in this cult that's falling apart? Biological weapons. Um, And they they land on the bacterium Salmonella. Um, They tested on it. Uh, They tested it in 1984 when a car of two um, inspectors came. They, like, came to do, like, building inspections. Yeah. And they, like, messed up the car and gave them contaminated water. And as a result, one of them was hospitalized and would have died without emergency care. And the other one was bedridden for two days. Um, And there was a lot of... Because they, like, messed with the car, um, there was a lot of, like, circumstantial evidence. Like, the Oregonian government, like, thought they... The um, uh, Rajneeshpuram was, like, related, like, had something to do with it. But they had no concrete evidence. Yeah. in order to further test the um, efficiency of the salmonella, um, Sheila tried to sicken county workers by smearing the bacterium on toilets, um, spraying it on vegetables, and neither of these really worked super well. But they yeah. would basically like send out these like groups of people to be like, okay, go like wipe salmonella on this vegetable. It's really it's super weird. I think that happened like in the documentary. Or in it's the, like, like spoof documentary. It's, it's comical because this yeah. is where it's like everything like. Up to now, it's kind of, like, standard cult fare. And then it just gets, like, super crazy. She's crazy. Um, okay. So, everything was very stressful. People were getting impatient in the cult, people in leadership, as well yeah. as the actual just followers. Um, and there was an election for um, Wasco County coming up. And Sheila was like, you know what I'm going to do? Run for office. She's like, I'm going to take over the role of commissioner. <laughs> um, so, basically, they tried to do what they did with um, Antelope but for the whole county, right? Yeah. They're like, we're going to take over. Um, but so the stakes were a lot higher. Um, it was harder. And also the cult was not in as good a position as they were before. So um, this this was her plan. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to get the other candidates to like denounce the the cult and the commune and candidate. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, okay, once they denounce me, I'm going to claim it's bigotry to try to like get sympathetic uh, votes. Um, my favorite, and this was by far the biggest failure, uh, she attempted to grow their own voter base by a something called the uh, Share a Home Program. And they're like, basically, they went around the country and gathered up homeless people under the promise that they're like, we're going to feed you, we're going to give you water, we're going to house you if you just come live on our commune and adopt yeah. our practices. And this was just an attempt to like bolster their numbers. Um and they told all of them, they're like, hey, if you want to leave, like, that's fine. You don't have to stay. We will literally buy a bus ticket to send you back to whatever city you came from. Um, and then finally, so they're going to grow the voter base. And then finally, to suppress voters, like, who would vote against her, um, she plans to sicken people with salmonella. So a team of um, Rajneesh Puram residents uh, drove to 10 different restaurants and poured salmonella on the salad bars. Um, 751 people were infected. 45 of them were hospitalized. Emergency rooms were like overrun with people with severe salmonella. And a pregnant woman almost lost her child during labor. But amazingly, not a single person died, which is incredible. They also tried to dump raw sewage into like some water sources and that wasn't effective. 
basically like none of the plan worked um and you know they lost the election and oregonians were like this is super suspect um so share a home was a terrible failure as well um and the homeless people quickly vastly outnumbered the original residents so all these people that like literally don't care yeah the majority yes so fights started to break out um most of the people who were brought in under the share home program requested to leave but very few were allowed to because you know buying tickets was expensive and like oh empty promises in a cult shocking um so they were like simply abandoned around oregon which is horrible whole thing was a massive failure um after losing sheila again under psychedelics was like made demands to the um uh wasco uh county uh council she's like hey like let us build things again uh and in exchange we'll like be nice to you like it was super weird and 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 they were like like, they were like no (laughs) um so uh she just went like straight psycho and lost um Rajneesh Param uh millions in lawsuits. In one final in one final attempt to secure um Rajneesh Param's future, uh she planned to burn down the Wasco County planner's office. What the fuck? Um she failed, didn't work. Um she uh also tried to poison drinking water during a trial like of a lawsuit against um Rajneesh Param and that also didn't work um she drugged shareholders of a company in order to like acquire the company um and drugged a former rajneeshi who was suing them for 1.7 million dollars in an attempt to actually murder them so she was originally just trying to like debilitate people and then she's like no uh we're gonna go with adrenaline adrenaline and potassium and like actually murder people uh tried to murder a councilman who was recovering from ear surgery by putting potassium and adrenaline in his IV dripped. What the fuck? Dude, like, she, she's straight up, like, she's, she's full insane. paranoia. Yeah, and Rajneesh is, like, knows what's going on, but he's also drugged out. He's also super depressed, and he's, so he's kind of like, uh, like, my cult is failing, but, like, uh, it's fine. He just doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. He's like, I'm sad, so I don't really care what she does. The... Oh, also, finally, um, so Rajneesh had been considering suicide, like I said, because he was very depressed. Yeah. Um, turns out Rolls Royces and diamond-studded watches and a cult can't fill the void. Um, good to know, good to know. Uh, so he was considering suicide, and um, her, his two caretakers, um, Vivek and uh, Devaraj, were uh, like, hey, we'll, we'll help you. Like, yeah. we're, they were talking through, like, how they could do it. Yeah. And um, Sheila, because of her wiretaps, like, was like knew what was going on so she tried to murder vivac and devaraj because she was like no you can't do that uh (laughs) for vivac the uh key to her door didn't work so Mm -hmm. that didn't turn out um and then devaraj was in a crowd injected with adrenaline but because he knew what it was because he was familiar with like the cult's practices and sheila being crazy he knew what it was and immediately saw treatment and was okay and if he hadn't known like oh i just got injected with a lethal dose of adrenaline like he would have died yeah but because he knew what it was he went to the er immediately was like i need to yeah you probably shouldn't like murder someone on the inside how you murder everyone else on the outside because they'll know how to deal with it yeah so this is like crumbling um finally the straw that broke the camel's black back is uh she was like we're gonna fill a plane with explosives and fly into the wesco uh planning office what the and the rest of the leadership who'd kind of like gone along with sheila and you know you get to a point where you're doing crazier and crazier things and you're like oh we're like implicated now like we have to go along with it they were like no 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 like we're not gonna do like a mini 9-11 like yeah 
it's crazy. Yeah. So she, they were like, this is, you know what, murdering individual people, fine. <laughs> Setting the planning office on fire, like, sure. Oh, and when she set the planning office on fire, it's like they didn't use enough gasoline. They, they did actually set it on fire, but... It just got it was like, out really quick. It was like... It was like two weeks worth of construction and then like everything was fine. <laughs> um, so, okay. Leadership collapsed, uh, basically under the burden of murder. Uh, you know, well, attempted Just murder. Just like her craziness. Yeah, so finally people started to snitch, essentially. Yeah. This is a, uh, a New York Times reporter um, uh, visited the compound. Uh, so this was like later in the 80s. Um, and also they were losing members rapidly, like people were yeah. fleeing, um, cause they were like, oh, you know, everyone's crazy. Um, at the end of August, when I visited the ranch once again, um, Rajneeshram, uh, looked empty, Rajneesh Param looked empty and motionless by comparison to the way it looked in 1983. So this was about a year yeah. later. Um, the atmosphere of, in this half ghost town was decidedly spooky. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh. Spooky. Yeah. Um, so in a legal deadlock with no money, but he did have 93 Rolls Royces, um, a commune that was failing. He can't can't get rid of those, Maddie. He can't get rid of his (laughs) He's not going to liquidize his Rolls Royces. Um, Rajneesh and, uh, Sheila finally fall out. Um, Sheila flees to Europe and, um, is indicted in, um, October 23, to October 23rd, 1985, um, due to, like, immigration laws. Gotcha. Um, and uh, the leadership, like the rest of the council, basically in uh, Rajneesh Param, agreed to testify for um, reduced sentences. Um, uh, Rajneesh himself was made aware of the indictment um, before it actually happened. So mm-hmm. he took a gun, six disciples, and tried to, like, like yeet his way out of there on one of his private jets. Um, and he was caught in Charlotte NC and jailed. Oh, shout out to Charlotte. Um, jailed. And um, Sheila was extradited back to America from Europe. From Europe? From Europe? Europe? Um, so once the cat was out of the bag, you know, just people started snitching. Yeah. Um, she was given 20 years in prison for all of her, like, her fraud, her, like, drugging of people. Like, I, was I feel cr- like she should be in prison for life. She got out after two years for good behavior. She was an exemplary. This what? is gonna make you so mad. So she remarried, moved to Switzerland, and bought two nursing homes. What the? <laughs> she nursing <laughs> She has literally tried to Guys, murder people. If you're listening from Switzerland and you're in a you or a loved one is in a nursing home, <laughs> check she, it out. Yeah, deal with that. Uh, Rajneesh himself um, tried to rename himself to try to distance himself from the commune, but died five years later. And now the um, area that was uh, Rajneeshpuram is now Christian youth camp. Oh, and that's it. <laughs> Okay. So, I think it's kind of a goofy cult, yeah. um, mainly because no one actually died. Yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> when you were talking, I was trying to find, like, a little blurb on it. Uh-huh. And, uh, this is from Rolling Stone. Um, da-da-da-da-da. Owen Wilson as cult leader Father Rashabard and Michael Keaton as FBI agent Bill Doss star in the two-part episode that mimics the look and content of the 2018 docuseries about a rural Oregon community shut showdown with the Rajneesh uh, Purim, and it's called, can you guess what the, like, uh, spoof name is? Is it gonna be, like, uh, it's gonna be something like Drug Me. Uh, it's Batshit Valley. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, it's psycho. Like, yeah. it's so, like, when they start doing drugs, and they're just like, murder? Murder. Yeah, like, 
<laughs> Seth Meyers wrote the episode. So it's, it was pretty good. Yeah, so it's, I really... And everything you said was, like, pretty much, like, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, honestly, like, the You don't even need to... <laughs> Literally, like, yeah, they would, they had this thing, like, the one thing that they did in that is that they, like, loved vegetables. They only ate vegetables. Yeah. They had to get the vegetables consent before they ate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no, it was completely out of control. It's just, like, a wild thing. And, like, you know, a lot, there was a lot that, like, contributed to the downfall, like, poor financial planning, like, obviously, like, the two most essential people being, like, out of their mind on drugs. But oh, also yeah. just, like, and the zoning laws when they're, like, basically, like, the county's, like, you can't build new buildings. And then they're, like, it, everything just, like, falls apart. And, you know, they have these inspectors coming around being, like, this isn't an agricultural building. It's just, like, they needed some better lawyers, man. I don't know. But basically, like, the whole, like, legal aspect of it I thought was, like, so interesting. And I'm sure I butchered it because I, I don't know anything about, like, like city planning law. <laughs> but it was it was just super wild. It was super was whack the whole thing was whack and i was like just watching josh like you know sat me down in front of this and i was like this isn't real yeah no um in the spoof documentary when owen wilson like cult leader is like really like out of his mind on like drugs yeah sheila is like oh we're gonna prove that you can't be harmed by a car going full speed at you and somebody hits him (laughs) with a car it's I highly recommend the um, video. It was it was down the down the rabbit hole of Rajneesh Purim. Um, but there's also a, a documentary on Netflix. And what was the spoof documentary called? Um, so there's a series called Documentary Now that they do like spoofs of regular documentaries. It's yeah. really funny, really good. And this is like in the most recent season. Okay. It's called Batshit Valley. Please watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Um, I haven't so seen funny. it yet, so I'm probably gonna find out a million things that were wrong with everything that I said. But yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, and okay. then the, like, actual one is Wild Wild Country. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, So, yeah, I thank you for... I hope you liked that. I hope it was a yeah, good... I hope... It was a very heavy and then very goofy, yeah, so, you I know, that's you what we're for. Um, we had fun. Yeah, but if you want to get back in touch with us, um, you can follow us on Twitter, at SpookyPod, Twitter, What's Instagram... It? At Spooky Pod, um, and then you can find us on Facebook, Spooky Spooky Podcast, and you can email us if you have some crazy stories you want to tell us, uh, or if you want to sponsor us, um, podcastspooky at gmail.com. Um, we like hearing from you guys, and we're, we, we got a microphone, and we're trying to be more legit, and I think it's going to work this time. Um, I think so. We need to find a place to record that uh, doesn't have my coughing roommate and my uh, snoring dog and, like, just weird building sounds. But, you know, we're going to get there. And, yeah, like, for real, if you want to sponsor us, um, you know, we're not, like... Or if you just want to give us money. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, We, you know, we're not doing this for profit. We're just doing it because it's fun. So, like, uh, you know, we just kind of want to cover our operating costs, which kind of sucks. Yeah. It's pretty low cost, but, like, we'd like to not have to pay it. Yeah. So, if you, if you appreciate our content, um, you can show us you appreciate us. But, but also validating words are good, too. Yeah. Thank you, uh, (laughs) for sticking around. Um, yeah, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then leave us a little review, uh, write something so more people can find us and listen to our craziness and find out about Sheila and... (laughs) 
I'm definitely going to post some stuff on the Instagram because there are some really great, like, just stills from yeah. this. Oh my dynamic meditation y'all don't do it yeah okay um well i that's about everything i have to say i have nothing to say because i'm never prepared for anything um, All right. so yeah All right. stay spooky bye bye